Fade in. Exterior, a redwood forest. Twilight. Full moon rising between trees. Green city limits sign next to dark highway. Dissolve to. Sign. White block letters. Arcadia, California. Population 16,179. Freeze frame. Superimpose. Episode 11. Walk and talk. Thursday, April 23rd, 2009. Audio Notes Part 21, Etiquette in Small Town America. Working title. I've written the opening sequence. I feel like the visit to the Playhouse really was the inspiration I needed, because since then I've basically been writing nonstop. Whatever was up with that tape recorder glitch was perfect to get me in the right frame of mind. Honestly, I haven't written this quickly or easily in months. It's like the story I want to tell is finally coming clear in my mind, and I can only barely get it on the page fast enough to keep up. First, I realized what I needed was a framework, something I could reference in an oblique way that could help me structure the narrative. Sure, I could come up with that on my own and without using an existing story, but I feel like something like this actually benefits from pulling from the existing pool of human creativity. So I'm going to use Titus Andronicus, the play by Shakespeare, as sort of the lens through which we experience things. I'll lampshade that pretty clearly right at the outset. Cade, the protagonist, is going to be a substitute teacher when the film starts. I mean, he's going to be subbing in a high school English class that's studying the play. I mean, he's actually a painter. He has his MFA, but hasn't been able to actually make enough money to support himself, so he's also teaching, just as a day job. Everything starts in a classroom where he's talking about the play. I've written so the kids are actually reading different parts, right from Act 1, Scene 1. Hail Rome, victorious in thy morning weeds. Lo is the bark that hath discharged his fraught, returns with precious lading to the bay. From whence at first she weighed her anchorage, cometh Andronicus, bound with laurel boughs, to resalute his country with his tears, tears of true joy for his return to Rome. Then, okay, this is where I'm not stuck, I guess. It's all written already. I'm just not sure... So, as it stands right now, what happens is that a guy with a gun shows up on campus. Cut back and forth between scenes of the guy walking between buildings and Cade's class reading through the scene. Stay, Roman brethren. Gracious conqueror, victorious Titus, rue the tears I shed, a mother's tears and passion for her son. And if thy sons were ever dear to thee, oh, think my son to be as dear to me. And back to the shooter, in camo pants with a balaclava over his face. Back and forth, reading about the war with the Goths, guy with the gun looking into empty classrooms. It's effective, I think. Powerful. But it's also... I don't know. Yeah, I want to write about the real monstrousness that can be in the world, but at the same time, something like this... I don't think anyone would say it's glorifying the violence, especially where the story will go, but I worry. When does it become exploitative, you know? When does writing this kind of thing become using it for the wrong kind of shock value? Getting the audience's buy-in not by telling a good story, but by using something that's so horrific people can't help but react to it and commit to the emotions the film is trying to produce. I feel like I can do it right. Handle it delicately and respectfully enough. Make the thing be a community tragedy that sets off Cade's personal tragedy without it becoming disaster porn. But I don't know. It's good, I think what I've written. I'm pretty sure it creates exactly the right tone, hits exactly the right notes. It was easy to write, fluid. Like I said, it was like the story wanted to be told, but I'm not sure that I want to tell it that way. I don't know if the rest of the movie would end up needing to recover from the opening, 
or if it would push the audience into the place where they can go through Cade's journey with him and come out the other side changed. I want to think about it. And maybe ask Leah. Friday, April 24th, 2009. Audio Notes Part 21, Etiquette in Small Town America. Working title. I haven't asked Leah what she thought about the script. I didn't chicken out or anything. She's homesick or whatever. But I'm second-guessing myself now. I mean, I don't need her to give me permission to write what I want or anything, and it isn't like she's, I don't know, better versed in current events or more sensitive and empathetic than I am. I just thought that if I had someone else to look at it, honestly, I figured she'd yell at me if it was offensive or something. She doesn't hold back her opinions. Hey. Hey. Working? Yeah. I finally got started on the script. Hey, actually, would you be willing to take a look? At what you've written? Yeah. I've looked at it so many times I can't tell if it's... Just maybe let me know what you think. Yeah, I could do that. You want me to read it right now, or... Hey, Will. Nico. Hey. Elliot, right? (laughs) I guess we haven't actually been introduced, have we? Elliot Baldwin. Uh, nice to meet you. Do you need something? Mind if I join you guys? No, that's cool. Sure, go ahead. So, Nico, you've been here something like a month. What do you think of us? Uh, well, it's a lot different than my last school. San Francisco, right? Yeah. You're not in any of my classes, I don't think. Are you? (laughs) I'm a senior, but everyone in the school knows you. There are almost never new kids, and there really are never new kids who are also from the founding families. Yeah, so I've heard. I promise I almost never talk about the exalted status of our bloodline, and certainly not in front of the peasants. Right, Will? Elliot is one of the good ones. High praise. I've been meaning to talk to you for a while, but you always seem so busy, and I don't like to interrupt an artist at work. My brother said you're making a movie. Yeah. Actually, I just got the opening scene finished this weekend. Will was going to read it for me. Not sure if it works or... Um, yeah, I have to have something to keep me busy around here. Yeah? That's cool. I don't think I know anyone who would even think about trying to write... a screenplay, I guess? Yeah. It seems like the thing you write in Arcadia is town histories. (laughs) Trey did not say you were funny. Oh. Uh, thanks? Sorry, that didn't quite come out like I intended. Nah, you're right. But that's what makes it so cool that you're doing something else. People here are really comfortable with just going along with the way things have always been. It's great to run into someone who isn't scared to do his own thing. We could use a few more like that. Speaking of, did you think about what I said to you about the student position at the crier? Yeah. Uh, obviously I want it. And I appreciate you thinking of me, but aren't there other people who are interested? I know both Justine and Aaron were talking about it. They're probably more qualified. You know that isn't true. Okay, they're not. But people think they are. They're they're the ones on the paper here, not me. It could look... Like I offered you the spot for nepotistic reasons? Like I'm trying to leverage my influence against your reputation to put you in a compromising position? No, uh, of course not. 
Good. Because while you're cute, no offense, you're not my type. I've known you too long. <laughs> and I genuinely go for people who are a little more of a mystery. So, has anybody invited you to the party tomorrow? The party? I'll take that as a no. Kylie and Alyssa's dad has a cabin on the Lost Lake. Some of us are going out there. Tomorrow's the full moon. Oh, uh, cool. Sounds fun. I don't know. Mostly it's a lot of people I already know saying things I've already heard them say. Have you been out to the lake yet? No, uh, I mean, no one asked. Uh, that is, I didn't really have a reason. Fair enough. It isn't the most exciting of places. <laughs> but I mean, where in Arcadia is? So, what do you do for excitement, Nico? Um, I, uh... Ugh, damn. Just when the conversation looked like it might get interesting. And I didn't get to hear about your movie yet. So, about tomorrow night? Yeah? Pick you up at seven? Um, yeah, sure. Th that'd be cool. <laughs> Great. See you then, Nico. And, Will, I'm serious about the internship at the paper. My dad trusts me to pick the right person for the job, and that's obviously you. Give me a call so we can schedule things? Sure. Thanks. Tell your dad thanks for me, too. Uh, or maybe don't, but I appreciate it. No problem. Later. Don't worry, Elliot only teases people he likes. So he likes me? Um, I, I mean... <laughs> I gotta get to class. What? Oh, yeah, me too. Friday, April 24th, 2009. Audio Notes Part 22. So... I got invited to a party, I think. No, I mean, I did get invited to a party, I just don't know. So I asked Will and Leah about him, Elliot, after school. He is, to quote Will, the only bald one that doesn't make you want to hit him. And I know him well enough now to realize just how high praise that is. But I guess his family owns the paper, and he's Trey's older brother, and he's one of the most popular guys in school, except not in the trite high school movie Big Man on Campus love interest way. People just like him, I guess. Even Leah didn't have anything too terrible to say, just that for someone who's bought into the status quo, he isn't entirely annoying. Which, again, high praise. And I guess we're going to a party together tomorrow? I mean, I don't think we're going together together, I'm pretty sure. Not like date together, probably. He would have said something if it was a date, right? It would be weird to assume that's what he meant, wouldn't it? And anyway, no one said anything about him being into guys when they talked about him. They would have, if he were. That's the kind of thing people mention. If it had been an actual date, he probably would have warned me. We're going to be around his friends, and even back at home, people would still sometimes get kind of weird when someone just showed up with his boyfriend or whatever. Not that I think he wanted me to be his boyfriend. I just mean... I can't imagine CJF High School is more progressive about that stuff than Abraham Lincoln High. But no one seemed to be giving Elliot a hard time. About, you know, Will said everyone likes him, and nobody was weird like him, he, Elliot. So it's not a big deal. Unless they're just like that because he's from one of those important families, 
I mean, maybe they're only fine because he's rich and influential, or his dad is. Okay. It's cool. I don't need to worry about it. Because all of that is his business, not mine, and it seems like he's got it handled. And because this isn't a date, he's just being friendly, inviting me over to get to know other people, because he felt sorry for me, maybe, or something. I would have known if he were asking me out, for sure. So I don't need to get all stressed. Just go and get to know him better. At someone's lake house, on a Saturday night, when there's a full moon. Which is great, and totally a completely normal, just friends thing. Right? Saturday, April 25th, 2009. Audio notes, part 22, notes unrelated to film. I finally managed to get back to the library. I still haven't had a chance to look into those disappearances. Really, I'd almost forgotten about it with everything else, but the only thing I had to keep me busy before the party tonight is homework, and I'm really not feeling like doing geometry. So I walked down there today. It's only like a 10-minute trip from the house, so even the mom's insistence on my getting fresh air wasn't too terrible. Plus, since it didn't take very long at the library, I thought I might swing by the playhouse before I go home. That's just on the other side of the plaza, and I... I just feel like it's a really good place for me to collect my thoughts. Anyway, I sort of hoped that Mrs. McCleary would be around uh, at the library, but the only people working were a librarian about mom's age and a kid I recognized from school. Still, it wasn't a total bust. The Arcadian history section is still irritatingly big and filled with dozens of books that seem to all talk about the same historic events in a variety of degrees of detail and proper grammar, but there are a few that are actually interesting. I checked out The Falconer Family, Arcadia's Royalty, and East of the Sun, West of the Moon, The Hidden History of Arcadia's Missing Children, which I got to say is a fantastic, if overwrought, title. I figure one of them is bound to be interesting enough to give me something to think about before Elliot picks me up. I still don't know if it's a date or- Hello, young man. Oh. Hey. How wonderful to run into you on this bright spring day before the full moon. Uh, yeah. It is nice out. What brings you into the plaza under the warmth of the sun? Returning to my establishment? Oh, uh, no. I was just at the library. Oh, glorious. There is nothing like improving the mind with a good book. Yeah, totally. I should probably get going. Of course, of course. I wouldn't dream of delaying you. Ah, I see you're looking into the history of our fair town. But such a dark period. One that brought us so much sorrow. Surely it would be better to look towards the brighter things. You've heard about them. Oh, yes. I don't know that any true citizen of Arcadia hasn't. Really? Nobody told me about it. I mean, except for the librarian, but she thought I already knew. Such tragedies. And as you well know, it is often the case that speaking about bad things calls them to you. I guess. But to lose children. Of course, some did return in time, but imagine the pain, the mental anguish, to have your offspring vanish without a trace. Yeah. It would have been... Wait, you said some came back? I just checked out the book, so I haven't read it yet. I don't know... You wouldn't want to be told such a gruesome story. I would. I mean, I want to get to know Arcadia better. This seems like it's a pretty big part of the town. It is indeed. Well, if you're sure. But as it is quite a long tale, we should seat ourselves. Perhaps share a cold drink. We... Come along and I will relay it to you in such detail as I know. Thanks, I think. 
I mean, I really appreciate it, but you've got to be busy. Nonsense. My establishment is but a short walk, if you'll follow me. And here we are. And as it is such a nice day, we shall sit out here. I will go fetch us something to drink. Do take a seat. Thank you. Mr. Jenks. God, this guy is weird. He's an amazing character to study, though. Could be really interesting to bring someone like him into the script. It's probably not smart to follow a virtual stranger somewhere so he can tell you a story, but somehow I don't feel particularly threatened. And he might know things that aren't in the book. I'm glad I had the recorder on. All of that was great dialogue inspiration. Here you are, the finest fresh lemonade. Compliments of the house. Thanks. Now then, the story starts seven years after Arcadia's founding in 1834. The night of June 21st, 1834 to be exact. A night that was, quite appropriately for the start of a tragedy, dark and stormy. Full of rain and thunder and, of course, a total lunar eclipse. That night, the six-year-old falconer twins, Tansy and Hawthorne, vanished from their beds without a trace. Their absence was realized the next morning, when their room was found with the windows thrown open and their rain-soaked, leaf-filled beds empty. They were never seen again. The family mourned their loss, but eventually they moved on. But then, in September of 1839, two other children disappeared under the same circumstances. Edgar Sheridan, a ten-year-old, and Angelica Burns, who was eleven, vanished from their respective beds in the middle of the night, in the rain, leaving windows open and beds full of leaves. Again, the families mourned, but time passed. This time, six years went by. It's September of 1847. Lawrence Baldwin, who was seven at the time, disappeared. But with the tragedy of the lost child, there was a surprising joy. Edgar Sheridan, whose parents had resigned themselves to never seeing him again, was found wandering barefoot just at the edge of Arcadia, where the Timberland began. He had been gone six years. Then, the very next year, in March of 1847, little Lawrence was found as well, again barefoot, this time walking the shores of Lost Lake. But while he came back to his family, Anthony DiCaprio, a sturdy thirteen-year-old, was lost out of his home at night, in the rain. You don't seem impressed with the tale, young Nico. Is it not all you had hoped? No, no, it's interesting, really. Yet you frown. I'm sorry. I appreciate you taking the time to tell me. I guess I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, it sounds terrible for the families. I guess since I wasn't raised here, it just doesn't have the same impact. That may be the case, and it is fair enough. You have the blood of this town, but are not of it, so to speak. That would make all of this rather remote for you, I suppose. Perhaps the book will help you see the gravity of that which we speak. I will let it tell you the remainder of the details since my words are not as effective as one might have hoped. But, to let the story come full circle, children were lost and found in 1853, 1861, 1867, 1872, 1885, 1886, 1894, and 1904. And then, 
it stopped. For over 100 years. But then, just before Christmas, on December 21st, 1991, young Astor Van Houten, the 14-year-old daughter of Winnie and Adam Van Houten, and direct descendant of the Falconer family, vanished. And like before, her window was open to the rainy night, and leaves were found filling her bed. It is a mystery that haunts this town. More an oddity than anything, and clearly simply terrible ill luck. But no children have vanished or returned since that last year. Many believe that whatever prompted Arcadian children to leave their homes no longer happens here, that our families and our offspring are content and happy. But it is a very curious thing. Yeah, it sounds that way. Thanks again. I probably should start heading home, though. I know better than to think the young truly enjoy the conversations of the old. But do return to my arcade before too long. I imagine the place has some draw for you, at least. I will. Thanks again. Uh, have a good day. That was... I don't know, disappointing, I guess? I mean, the story itself has all the right elements. Disappearances, kids, dark and stormy nights. Somehow, I'm just... I guess I expected more. Which is weird, because especially as he told it, it's got everything. I just feel like it could have been something more. More real. I guess that's it. It feels like a story. Like something inspired by true events that's been dramatized beyond all recognition. Like it's been basically turned into a more theatrical version of itself. I'm willing to bet Mr. Jinx did considerable embroidery on things, because really, some of those details are incredibly well suited to a horror story. Rainy nights, beds full of leaves, barefoot kids. I mean, maybe if there were a record of those things, I'd be willing to believe it. I'll look through the book. Otherwise, citation needed. Really, I feel like I already got the movie version of things, so how could I use it in my film? I'd be making an interpretation of an interpretation. <sighs> maybe I'm jumping the gun on writing something. I hope I am. I just feel like I've been way oversold on the whole thing. I mean, there might be inspiration in that. A story being hyped up into something huge so it hides something actually happening underneath. I'll give that some thought. Oh, shit. It got late. Elliot's gonna be at the house. Smash cut. Black screen. Over black. Roll credits. Nico McCleary is played by Evan Sherman. Will Sudsworth is played by Thomas Fleming. Elliot Baldwin is played by Rude Dickey. Mr. Arthur Jenks is played by Eric Seguente. Arcadia, California is a production of Law of Names Games. It is written and directed by Lee Seguente and edited by Eric Seguente. More information about the show and its cast can be found in the episode notes or at arcadiacalifornia.lawofnames.com. Fade out. Fade out.